And what is up, everyone? You're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast for Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. And I'm Chip, and I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening to us today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So, you know, please hit subscribe, support the show, hit the bell so you don't miss any more episodes. And on today's episode, we're going to preview the Thursday night football game, the Giants versus the Eagles. But before we get into the preview, let's go over some of the news that took place throughout the week. And the biggest news out of the week was the Miami Dolphins have decided to start Tua after their week seven bye. So in week eight, Tua will be the starter for the Miami Dolphins, which surprised a lot of people because we saw that Tua finished the game against the Jets, you know, last week. And you saw the excitement from his teammates. You know, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick was the number one cheerleader, just rooting him on. And just knowing Tua's story and just knowing exactly like the perseverance it took to go through a hip fracture and dislocation to being in the spot playing in the NFL game and be able to make, you know, two throws in his very first, you know, appearance in the NFL was an awesome experience. And, you know, we all know when teams take quarterbacks or any type of draft picks so high, especially quarterbacks, we know that they're either going to start right away or there's a plan in place for them to start later on in the season. And generally, if you're not going to be thrown into the fire like Joe Burrow or whatnot, you're going to look at that bye week on, let's see what our team is like before the bye week. We'll, we'll go with our, you know, our band-aid type of starting quarterback, and then we'll kind of see exactly where our, our rookie quarterback is, you know, based on the bye week. So, you know, honestly, the the call to put Tua in, I think really made everyone kind of like, not frustrated, but in the sense of like, we're not going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick play anymore because I think the best thing so far from this NFL season is seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick play. If Regardless if you're not a Dolphins fan or if you're not a fan of you know him and Ryan Fitzpatrick at all, or you didn't know who Ryan Fitzpatrick was, you enjoyed watching him play because the way he plays the game is the way the fo- you know football should be played. He plays with 100% heart, 100% effort, just the positive attitude. Like he is a guy that deserves to be on a football team. And is it, I mean, I understand he's been a journeyman. He's been on like 12 different teams. It's been crazy how many teams he's been on, but he's always enjoyable because he puts so much of his heart out there. and He leaves everything on the field. And what was weird about them going to Tua was the fact of the matter is, is that the Dolphins are three and three. There are one game behind the Buffalo Bills and it's not like they're 0-6. They are in the hunt to be a playoff team. And I know Tua is the future. I understand Tua is a superior talent than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the fact of the matter is, is that people play for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you can see, like, I was reading a uh, interview about his, like, being benched um, on Thursday or on Wednesday. And you can tell he's heartbroken because when you are having such a good season, like Ryan Fitzpatrick was, and their team is, you know, a three and three team. And all of a sudden you get a call from your coach saying, Hey, we're going to go to a, from the bye week and going forward. Like you assume like you, you want to obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the, the, a great teammate and be the number one cheerleader for Tua. But it's always a kind of a, a gut wrenching feeling when 
you're playing well and then you get that starting job taken away from you, not knowing if you're ever going to start again. So it's very, very interesting to kind of see what their plan is. We always, we always knew the plan was two was going to be the, the future, but why now this Fitzpatrick is not, not causing them to lose games. They're three and three. They're in the hunt for the playoffs right as of right now. But I understand, but it just, it just, it's sad not to be able to see Ryan Fitzpatrick play on Sundays. And that makes me kind of wonder like what's Ryan Fitzpatrick next move. Like is one team, like maybe the Dallas Cowboys try to trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now I know this is just, this is just me talking out loud. This is not any, I have no evidence of this, but if you look at where the Cowboys are, they've had a really weird week because a lot of players are talking bad about some of the, you know, internally about the coaches, how they're very unprepared for that money, night game against the Cardinals. And now you saw how Andy Dalton struggled, but I, I don't think that, I don't think that Andy Dalton was necessarily the problem on Monday night. I just think they had a very bad game plan. Things that they were trying to do weren't working. I mean, Zeke had a bad game. Overall, just an ugly game for the Cowboys. But I'm wondering if they just bring in and they trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick for insurance, just in case the, the Andy Dalton experiment does not work out for them. Because you see how players play for Ryan Fitzpatrick everywhere he goes. I remember him when he was on the Bucks a couple years ago. Jameis Winston was was suspended for a few games, and then you saw how the Bucks started the season. I think they were like two and zero or three and one. I can't remember exactly the the record, but you saw like everyone knows this infamous press conference where Ryan Fitzpatrick comes to the the post game press conference and he's wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes like. He seems like a fun guy to be able to have a beer with, just hang out with, and just, you know, just have a conversation with. And you can tell, like, certain players just gravitate towards that. And I think that there's a chance that maybe the Cowboys say, hey, you know, Andy Dalton's not working. Maybe you just need to have some type of backup just in case. And I think that the, the Cowboys, as of right now, are a playoff team. They're leading the division. And that that whole NFC East is just in disarray. But... If if they feel like they can't get the job done with Andy Dalton, I'm wondering if they in a couple of weeks they make a trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's just me guessing. As there's no like I said, I have no insider information about that. That's just me thinking about what would be a good fit for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be able to continue to play um, and have a better shot, a shot at starting again. Because once you go to Tua, you're not going to give up and go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, that's just you can't do that. So it's kind of the same thing about the the Chargers. You know, Tyrod Taylor was the starter, and he unfortunately had a medical incident where he got his lung punctured. And then the coach had to make that move on starting Justin Herbert. And once you see Justin Herbert playing like he is, you can't go back to Tyrod Taylor. So I understand, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, he's going to be the backup unless he either gets traded or two of the sustains. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't sustain an injury. But that that would be the only reason why I would see Ryan Fitzpatrick ever playing a snap in the you know the season again. So... I don't know. It's just very disheartening to kind of see that because everyone loves watching Ryan Fitzpatrick and um, we'll see what happens going forward. But in some other news, uh, Adam Schefter had reported on Wednesday that, you know, everyone knows that Antonio Brown was suspended for the first eight games of the 2020 season. Now we're approaching the time that he can actually be, you know, active again and be reinstated to the NFL. And it looks like, Adam Adam Scheffner is saying that there are multiple teams interested in signing Antonio Brown and the Seahawks are the, like the name that continues to be on the top of that list. They're trying to push hard for him. And 
I know like when it comes to like as a fancy football owner, what do you do? Do you drop somebody in your in your in your league to pick up Antonio Brown? Like where's the upside for Antonio Brown? Well, we all know that Antonio Brown is a tremendous talent. He is elite wide receiver and I'm pretty sure he still has has the skill set that he had, you know, from last year and, and and prior to that, but it all depends on where he lands. That's the biggest thing. Like if you have a deep bench and you have a, a guy that's just really not doing it, like say you have somebody on your roster that's injured, hasn't really done much for you, and you want to take a flyer on Antonio Brown, hey, that might be the that might be a good move. But I'm trying to think about how he fits in Seattle when it comes to being fantasy relevant. Because we know that they already have DK Metcalf. He's the he's the guy in Seattle. And I can't imagine that that would change if Antonio Brown was on the roster. And there I have Tyler Lockett. So I'm just wondering, what is Antonio Brown going to be like when, once he comes back from his suspension so he can come back after week eight? First thing, he has to get reinstated. Then he has to be signed to a team. And then we got to figure out how much of the playbook he's, is he going to know, how much, you know, what is he? What is his involvement in the offense going to be? I don't. I don't see with fancy the fancy football season ends. You know, in week thirteen. Now it depends on what your what your situation. If you're an undefeated team right now, or you're a highly percentage team about going to make the playoffs, I can understand why maybe taking a shot at Antonio Brown may help your roster because you can make those type of moves. But if you're somebody who's fighting for a playoff spot, or you're you know say you're two and four right now, or three and three, or you're one in, you know, one in five, wherever the situation is. I just don't know if Antonio Brown is really going to help you that much. It's going to take you over the edge to hopefully win a string of games to get you to the playoffs and win a fantasy championship. So I have a hard time trying to figure out if, if Seattle was the team that you went to, then I'm just wondering how relevant is he going to be in fantasy because he's going to be the third option in my eyes. Now, obviously that stuff can change, but I know Russell Wilson was, was his number one cheerleader. I'm wanting to bring him to Seattle so maybe that's the most, you know, likely place. I'm kind of curious on other teams that may bring him in. I know that earlier in the offseason that the Ravens were talking about Antonio Brown, you know, because his cousin Hollywood Brown is there. So I would see that being a good fit. I think that would be a, a better fit than Seattle just because I think he'll be more involved in the offense and, and whatnot. But it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. But I know somebody in my main league had already picked up Antonio Brown. But honestly, like... I saw this news, you know, late, so I didn't really react to picking him up in any of my leagues. But I mean, it's a guy that you can try to try to, you know, hopefully have some upside with. But I just can't see how how relevant he is when it comes to like, is he going to be someone you can start, you know, once he's able to be activated onto a roster and all that stuff. So, but let's go into the next segment about you know this week was obviously on Wednesday. You figured out if your waiver claims came through. Did you get the player that you're you're targeting? Did you lose out on a player? But I always like on the Thursday podcast to go over all the main drops and ads for the week because honestly, these are some players that shouldn't have never been dropped, but players that you could add to your roster. So last week in one of my fantasy leagues, in my dynasty league, someone dropped DeAndre Swift. And I had about $60 left on my fab budget. And I said, what the hell? I'm just going to put all my money towards DeAndre Swift. And I got DeAndre Swift in my dynasty league. So things like this happens all the time where you have to look on, you know, on Thursday, on Wednesday, whoever was dropped. And then you want to go snag them because people drop a lot of good players, which doesn't make any sense to me. 
And but these are players that just give up on rookies or other players based on the fact that they're not producing. But there are certain players you just have to give time for them to 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 kind of break into their mold in the NFL or into a new offense, whatever the case may be. So um so that's why I say like you need to look at your drops in your leagues to see who was dropped and try to pick up some guys that are a lot better than people that were on the waiver wire. So the, the biggest change this week in percentage was Chase Claypool. So Chase Claypool was the number one ad this week. Look at the ESPN leagues. Chase Claypool is owning almost 90% of leagues. So obviously two big games. You know, he had a massive game, obviously, last week with the four touchdown game. In week six, he had another about 18.8 PPR game, scored another touchdown. And I think, honestly, the way that Juju's struggling, the way that, you know, Deontay Johnson can't stay healthy, I think Chase Claypool is going to be Big Ben's number one option. That's just my opinion. He is big and physical. He's he's very, you know, athletic. So I think that Chase Claypool, man, he could be a league winner this year, in my opinion, because he just has, he, he just looks like an NFL receiver. And I think that if you missed out on him last week, which you should have grabbed him last week, and you missed out on him this week, I mean... You're just sleeping, so you need to hopefully uh, hopefully be more active on your wave bar. But he was number one ad. And then Travis Fulgham, he was number two. His percentage changed quite a bit this week as well. You know, he continues to be the target, you know, the target leader for Carson Wentz. He has 10, you know, he had 10 targets last week. They lost, the Eagles lost Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders. So right now, you only, all you have is pretty much Greg Ward and you have Travis Fulgham. So he he, he should be added. And even the, I'll talk about him a little bit later in the in the matchup preview, but he's a guy that you should start just based on you know even even in your flex because he's getting the targets, he's getting the workload. Anytime you want to see upside in a player, you want to see what the workload is going to be like. And Travis Fulgham is getting that, and that, I don't see how that's going to change um, right now this week. And then we saw that Philip Lindsay was added. We saw that you know obviously he had a hundred yard game against the Patriots. Melvin Gordon did not start. We still did, or he did not play either. He wasn't even at the game. So you wonder exactly what's going on with Melvin Gordon. He has a, you know, DUI that he had last week. Does he get suspended? Does the team suspend him? Does the NFL suspend him? But as of right now, I haven't heard any new updates about Melvin Gordon. But right now, you know, Philip Lindsay is a good handcuff or just a, a guy you can pivot to just in case. And then this is funny, like Brandon Cooks was added in a lot of leagues. You know, he was dropped a couple of weeks ago in a lot of leagues. Now yeah, he came up with two good weeks in a row. People are adding him back to the roster. So Brandon Cooks was added. Trey Burton, he was added in a lot of leagues because of just the game that he had before the bye week. You know, these are guys that there's always going to be players that emerge at this time of the year and later on because of opportunity, injuries happen or whatnot. And Trey Burton, you know, with Mo Ali Cox being injured, now it's Trey Burton's opportunity to shine. And Frank Wright knows Trey Burton based on them, their time with Philadelphia. So I think that, you know, this is a decent, you know, if you're hurting that tight end, why not take a flyer on Trey Burton? And then when it comes to the most fancy drops of the week, you know, Mo, uh, Joshua Kelly was the, the one of the top names that were was dropped this week, which I don't understand that because Joshua Kelly, he's the, right now, he's the starting running back for the Chargers. Now I understand that, Justin Jackson took the majority of the workload from, you know, from Joshua Kelly and at the Monday night game against the Saints. But if you look at the opportunities, I mean, it's not guaranteed that Justin Jackson's got the same exact game, the same exact game that he had against the Saints. So 
I think Joshua Kelly's a hold for me. I don't think he should be dropped. Now, I don't know, depending on your running back situation, but if you see Joshua Kelly on your waiver wire, I would pick him up just for insurance because Eckler's still going to be out for a few more weeks, even if he comes back at all. And then what if, you know, what if they, the game plan, it makes it where Joshua Kelly's the more valuable running back. So I think that this is still a running back by committee. It's a matter of who you want to play and where you're going to risk. But I just don't see why Joshua Kelly's on this list. He should still be added and and held in most rosters. And then we saw this, you know, Mo, Mo Ali Cox, he was dropped in a lot of leagues, you know, with the emergence of Trey Burton and the injury to Mo Ali Cox. It's unfortunate because he's a very big tight end, big target for Philip Rivers, but he was one of the main guys dropped this week. We saw Sammy Watkins drop Sammy Watkins was dropped because if he's dealing with a hamstring injury, so he'll be out still. And then Traquan Smith was dropped. We know Michael Thomas should be coming back in week seven. So his value kind of goes down because you saw Emmanuel Sanders kind of emerge a little bit more as you know the weeks kind of progress towards the bye week. So I think Traquan Smith, he's kind of a he's a, a flyer boom bust, kind of a wide receiver four type of player, but he was dropped. And you saw AJ Green dropped. AJ Green continues to get dropped, which it was weird. He gets dropped. Now he was one of the smaller percentage of the players dropped, but he had a when it comes to like target share, he's still getting the targets. It's just a matter of when they're gonna connect. So AJ Green. He's definitely not playable until you see actual production and touchdowns from him, but uh, he definitely was a guy that is you, you probably see on your waiver wire. And then the week one waiver wire darling, Naheem Hines, he's been dropped. He wasn't dropping a lot of leagues, but he was a, a name that came on the list, which is, that's why how it is. That's how fab happens. It's how, you know, you look at week one, you look at players who blew up. Sometimes there's a flash in the pan. Sometimes it's legitimate throughout the season, but you know, he's a guy that still has PPR value in a very, in a deep league, in a flex. If you're in a 12 team league, whatever the case may be, he definitely has flex appeal. So I think that he's the guy that, you know, you can play based on the matchups, but um, very interesting names on the, the most added and dropped for week seven. So with that being the case, let's go into the Thursday night matchup. So tonight we have the Giants versus the Eagles. And the Eagles are favored in this game by four and a half points, and the over-under is 43.5. Now, in this game, the Eagles have no Zach Ertz, no Miles Sanders, and no Alshon Jeffrey. You know, Dallas uh, Goddard is still on IR. The only wild card in this game is Deshaun Jackson. So Deshaun Jackson has some limited participation in practice. It's still not clear. We'll probably know a little bit. We'll know more obviously later today if he's going to be active. But obviously this helps Carson Wentz's case. But as of right now, Carson Wentz really has nothing to work with. But going into the starts and sits for this game, I do think that Carson Wentz is a start in deeper leagues. You know, he's averaging 23 points a game. Now, the Giants only give up about 16 points to the quarterback. So they definitely are, are pretty middle of the road when it comes to that. But I think my only concern about, I mean, if you're in a two quarterback league, you, you, you have to start Carson Wentz. You can't just bench him unless you have a better option at quarterback in a two quarterback league. But majority of people have owned, who own Carson Wentz in Superflex or in you know two quarterback leagues are going to play Carson Wentz. But he's been putting up numbers, even with the lack of the talent that he has around him in the sense of the offensive line, the receivers, the tight ends, like he's still producing. He's one of those greedy guys that's going to continue to fight to the very end. And I think this is why he is getting a lot more respect from a lot of people because he's not giving up. So I do think that 
based on what he's averaging, based on the Giants' defense, they could. I mean, obviously, they can give up some some plays. I do think that Carson Wentz deserves to have some consideration for being started in some leagues. Now, if you're in a, if you're a one quarterback league and there's a better person out there, obviously you're going to start that person with better upside. But you know, Carson Wentz, like I said, if he gets a Sean Jackson back, that's going to be more beneficial for him. Obviously, you got Travis Fulgham, you have Greg Ward. Tight end wise, it's just limited. You know, he does, he will have Boston Scott coming out of the backfield. It's but it's just going to be an interesting game. I never like Thursday night football games. I think they're just very you know just very ugly in a sense of how the game looks and the outcomes and all that stuff. But I do think Carson Wentz is, is a fringe QB one this week. And then when it comes to Daniel Jones, you're not playing Daniel Jones. I just think that there's too many better quarterbacks to play in this, you know, this week than Daniel Jones. Um, but when it comes to running back, I think that, you know, Devonte Freeman, he's a low end uh, RB two this week. You know, the Eagles are giving up 17 points per game to the running back position. So I do think that, Based on the workload that Devontae Freeman is getting, he warrants having some some RB2 flex appeal. So I think that running from a running back position, he is a guy that you could play. Um, and honestly, the Eagles are giving up six rushing touchdowns so far this year. So I think that the opportunity is there for a touchdown to happen for Freeman. It's just a matter of the game flow and all that stuff. But I do think he has a decent, he's, he should be considered to be, you know, a start in, you know, as RB2 and, and as a flex. And when it comes to Boston Scott, so Miles Sanders is going to be out this week um, due to his knee injury. Now, obviously, that gives Boston Scott the opportunity to take majority of the workload. Boston Scott is a good pass catcher. He will get, you know, his his opportunity. He's only a flex play for me. I don't think there's a, a lot more upside than that. Because of Corey, uh, Corey Clement, he's going to, majority of the time, going to have a timeshare with Corey Clement. So I don't think that... You should expect too much. If you're able to get about 10 points from him, you know, tonight, be happy with that. If you're a Miles Sanders owner that lost, you know, you lost Miles Sanders and you had to pick up Boston Scott, expect, just have low expectations. And if he gets you more than 10 points and he scores a touchdown, then you're thrilled with that. But I do see that that him just kind of being that flex option this week. And I do think when it goes to like wide receiver, Honestly, I think both Darius Slayton and Travis Fogelm are more flex options for me this week. Um, I do think that Darius Slayton has a better, obviously he has a better matchup. I think that, you know, he, he if he's getting lined up against Roby Coleman, that's a very, he has a very good advantage over the, over him. Now it all depends on what you know, side of the field that he lines up on. If he's going against Darius Slay, that's going to be a little, dip, a little bit more of a challenge, but if he's lined up against uh, Roby Coleman, I can see Darius Slayton have a decent day. So I think he has some flex appeal. And then I think that same thing with Travis Fulgham. I think that now that they are just decimated in offense, they could just give all the attention toward Travis Fulgham, which takes him out of the game completely. That makes someone like Greg Ward or maybe Boston Scott or even the the backup. I don't know the backup title for the Eagles is, that's going to play, but that could give opportunities for for elsewhere. Which you know makes me it makes me a little bit concerned about Travis Fulgham this game because he's really been the target leader and if they just, if they take him out it could just be an ugly game for Travis Fulgham but I do think that you should expect wide receiver three kind of flex you know appeal from him this week and then when it comes to kind of Golden Tate I'm not playing Golden Tate in this game Golden Tate has not done enough this year for me to want to play him even in the flex I think that. You know, there's the, the the whole Giants offense has been kind of just kind of after Saquon Barkley has, you know, has been injured. It just, just looks out of sync. It doesn't really look good. 
there is flashes in the pan here and there, but I think if you have, like I said, if you have Jerry Slayton, he's pretty much the only playable receiver on this team. Um, and then when it comes to the Eagles, I think they're really, you know, if, if Deshaun Jackson is active, I do think Deshaun Jackson does have appeal as a kind of a boom bust type of player because you just don't know exactly how he's going to be used. He's going to be on a snap count because Deshaun Jackson can stretch the field and you can have a deep pass and have a great game. But I can't imagine anybody who's in a 10 to 12 team league who has a, you know, a regular starting lineup. We're not playing a lot of receivers because in my main league, we play three wide receivers and a flex. So we potentially could each team play four wide receivers. But even in that case, I just don't see Deshaun Jackson being somebody that I would start unless I absolutely am desperate and I have to. But it would be interesting to kind of see how he is if he's active and if he's on your waiver wire, he may be a guy that you pick up and just kind of stash just to see. He's a guy that you, you know, you pay no fab for, you put him on your bench, see his, you know, see how how active he is in the offense. And if he does something, you're ahead of the game for next week for the waiver wires. But you know, if you don't, he has a bust, you know, he breaks out this game and has a great game. You may miss out on him if you don't have the fab. So um, as of right now, I mean, there's not a lot of options for fancy this week in this game, but those are the guys that I would start and sit uh, for this game, for this Thursday night matchup. Um, but that's it for today. And so for on Friday, I will be going through all the rest of the matchups for week seven, all my start sits for week seven. But, you know, pre- I really appreciate you guys watching the YouTube channel and listening to the podcast. You know, please like and comment and share the podcast and, you know, and hit subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. I really appreciate that. But if you guys would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the Gridiron Pod. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we're at Gridiron Fantasy Football. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow when I talk about all the other Week 7 matchups. Peace.